Welcome back to another episode of Epic Epoch. I'm your host, Perry the Pig. With me as always is my co-host here. It's Dread from Epic Builds. I like the really long, drown out hello. If I can if I can ever bait you into doing that, I'll be a very happy person. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. So we we do have a special guest here as well. We have uh we've Arborist, friend of the podcast. Uh hello. Arborist, thanks for being here. I appreciate that. And uh, the topic for today's conversation, so we've had a lot going on in Path of Exile. <laughs> we've had a lot going on in Last Epoch recently. Man, a year and a half since I've played that game, and I'm still going to make it slip up. So we've had a lot going on with both Patch 085 and specifically Patch 085C, which we talked about last week. Some good stuff going on um, with regards to stability gain and the new dungeon stuff. And then even in the future, we have a little bit of a... A little bit of spice. The extra uh, unique items will be added to the game in just a moment once 085D comes out. So while we are uh, while we're treading water, waiting for those new uniques, our topic of today's conversation will be buffs and nerfs. So, Dread, how did we come up with this topic? What were we talking about? Uh, we were just talking about like what constitutes a healthy nerf like what what constitutes a nerf in a way where like because what what makes a good nerf well a good nerf is when you have an item or something that is overperforming right and you bring it down to an acceptable level where it's still playable but it's not obviously brokenly strong and we're going to go and rate a few of these skills because obviously we couldn't figure out like what actually is an acceptable nerf in terms of like what actually is a good one, you know? So this this is a uh, this is the first time that Arborus has been on the Epic Epoch podcast. Arborus, I I know why you're here. There's a, a ton <laughs> of good reasons why you're here. But could you give us a, a like a quick overview, like who you are, what's going on, and uh, maybe like why someone in the community might know who you are? Uh, sure thing. Um, yeah, I guess I I play builds. They tend to get nerfed. Uh, I really like playing with poison, which has historically been an exceptionally powerful mechanic. And uh, yeah, everything I touch just gets destroyed. Real shame. Um, as far as things people might know before, um, there's a build guides that are on uh, Dread's YouTube channel for Poison Lich and uh, Poison Bleed Flurry Blade Dancer. Uh, there was also a Static Orb Sorcerer build, and I'm pretty sure all three of those now have the deprecated tag on them. They are they have defunct, yes. Yeah. Awesome. So I, I know that you've done a little bit of streaming in the past, and I know you've made a couple of videos yourself, but for the most part, it's it's other people who are highlighting your builds. I see you all the time on the official Last Epoch Discord as well. Seems like you spend a lot of time just like answering questions and shooting the breeze there. Uh, yeah, definitely. I uh, I mostly stick to the rogue and acolyte channels, but you know sometimes I'll be in the more you know ask the community general channels, whatever, uh, asking or uh, answering questions rather. So I think I think a good place to start out would be with what I would call like kind of an iconic build. So I talk about this from time to time. I I feel like it's really important for uh, for Last Epoch to have these iconic skills, iconic builds that look cool. They look flashy. And they kind of draw people into Last Epoch, even if you never played the game before. So this is things like Bow Mage. It kind of looks like Cast on Crit. You're shooting some arrows, a bunch of icicles shoot out, and it's like, wow, I don't know what that build is. I don't know what this game is, but I'm going to buy the game and I'm going to play that build because it looks that cool. Things like that, things like Warpath, Volcanus, a bunch of 
things shooting out, <laughs> like visually neat stuff on the screen. And one of your builds, Arborus, comes to mind. So I think this is where I want to start. We're going to talk about like, what, do we like these nerfs? Do we not like these nerfs? Were they appropriate? Tell me about that uh, <clears throat> that Poison Lich build that you played. <laughs> uh, I mean, Poison Lich was, I think, b- very obviously broken. Um, and the patchwork got nerfed. They hit on almost every axis I think they could have to bring it in line, but uh, especially went a bit overboard, I think, with Wandering Spirits. Um, The kind of main powerhouses in that build were Spirit Plague, which had a uh, uncapped stacking damage buff that gave you thousands of percent of increased damage, um, really removed a lot of the need to have gear. Uh, You know, I did a video of killing like a 600 Corruption Orbis entirely naked on that character, just to you know, prove that it was that good, right? Um, Wondering Spirits, uh, from a poison standpoint, delivered a ridiculous number of hits, uh, scaled super, super well with cooldown reduction, um, and yeah, lets you fill the screen with basically homing projectile spirit things. The... So you, you you and I have talked about like poison before, and and whenever you're looking for something that can just be like the next most busted thing, you're looking for skills that can just apply like more poisons per like more poisons than you are clicking, like anything exactly, that's like yeah. yeah okay so so spirit plague is a good example. So spirit plague, uh, you said it had an uncapped percent increased damage per cast, but the thing is, while you were clearing uh, you know echoes with it, it wasn't per cast. It was also per time that it spread. So if you right click one time, you weren't just getting, you know, 10% increased damage per right click. You were getting that damage and then also another 50 for each time that it spread to a nearby monster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For clearing, the old Spirit Plague gave you a insanely disgusting amount of damage. Um, I think uh, something notable about it too is that it let that build scale cast speed. Uh, when normally Wandering Spirits doesn't scale with cast speed at all, uh, it lets you turn cast speed into this huge damage multiplier, which, um, you know, for a lot of builds, and especially Poison, I think it's really important to have that kind of multiple different angles you can scale the build from. You know, just having a high uh, base hit rate isn't very good if you can't scale it, or if you can't scale your increased damage a whole bunch, uh, you know, you really need to have the ability to, you know, scale your application rate, scale, uh, you know, cooldown, scale, increase damage. You know, you want to have all these different separate multipliers that feed into making a scale ridiculous, right? So you called out Wandering Spirits as the as the thing that we really want to talk about here. So the old Wandering Spirits, it it scaled well with cooldown recovery speed. So we're going to talk about that. It also had no cast time. Um, what, it was an what, instant cast. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was instant cast in the past. Were those were those the two biggest things? Like, what what was it about Wandering Spirits that got changed? And I guess more importantly, was it a good change? Uh, I mean, I think overall the change was good as far as the like for the health of the game. You know, it was a bit certainly over the top. Um, the as far as like what was important about the skill the kind of long duration in a huge area um made it really good for area clearing 
But then if there was only a single target, all of those spirits would focus on it. So it had really good single target as well. Um, being instant cast, honestly, not a huge deal. You know, if the skill was exactly the same as then, but had the cast time it has now, I don't think that would be a huge difference. Um, in part because that build was scaling a lot of cast speed already, but also because, you know, it's not a huge deal to stutter step every X number of seconds for the most part on a build that's otherwise extremely mobile. So um, something something that I want to like highlight as we move through these like buffs and nerfs for various skills. So Wandering Spirits, uh, during the duration that Wandering Spirits is available, it will conjure the, the green spirits themselves to wander around you, right? If one of those spirits is conjured toward the very end of Wandering Spirits, it gets destroyed after one second instead of lasting for the rest of its duration. And what, what I'm going to try to do is, is kind of point out the skills and the, and the buffs and nerfs for like items and whatnot that instead of just raw nerfing or buffing the, like, the damage output of the skill, but they make it like more clunky altogether. So you might already know the second thing that I want to talk about after this, but it's, obviously you don't like that. You don't want skills to be buffed in a clunky way. But is there something else they could have done for Wandering Spirits? Uh, I mean, I think, I mean, whenever I think about balancing ailment, applying skills <laughs> in Last Epoch, the biggest thing that comes to mind to me is always just reducing a skill's uh, either like ailment chance multiplier, like what they did for Flurry, things like Warpath, um, or something that I don't think they have done, but I would really like to see is tying the ailment base damage scaling to added damage effectiveness of a skill or a similar modifier so that something that hits really fast can apply a lot of poisons, but something that hits slow with a large, you know, ailment effect modifier or added damage effectiveness can still be a useful ailment skill. Whereas currently, I don't feel like that's really the case. You know, something like ailment earthquake, for example, is I don't think ever going to be a real meta pick until there's a good way to, you know, get value out of doing a single big hit for ailments as opposed to a bunch of small ones. So Earthquake has like 350, I think, percent effectiveness yeah. of added damage. So what if it also had like 350% application rate of poisons? Yeah, application rate or just like increased ailment effect. Like hmm. poison, that's a little bit messy because of the shred thing but uh you know just saying oh this skill does 350 percent more ailment damage off the bat is i think a good starting place in terms of balancing slow versus fast skills for ailments dread have you even played wandering spirits since it got nerfed i've tested it a lot and i really enjoy the channeling version and Arborist has been testing as well. But my biggest problem with the channeling version is I think it should be a lot more like Warpath than like a standing still channel skill where you can move with it when you're channeling it, but it reduces your movement speed significantly. So instead of like, you know, being able to run through a mono with it on, you hold it and channel it and you're like walking. Like instead of just running, you're just walking. And I think that would get it much closer to getting like wandering spirits 
like necrotic damage wandering spirits is actually surprisingly really close to being an actual build like scaling spell damage and stuff like that the biggest problem is uh the best way of playing it the channeled version currently you're standing still and you know you're playing a lich and uh, if you lose death seal you're just gonna die so it's like there's kind of just no point in using it this is so close to becoming the channeling podcast dread that is such a good idea like taking these channelings like maybe maybe not all the uh, the channels yeah skills, some of like, them well the ones that stand still and have yeah. to stand still should get dr like disintegrate yeah while the ones like, without them should be able to like move sure. like you know and i i, I like that idea I don't know how that would be on like a design standpoint and all that, but that would instantly fix the channeling version of Wandering Spirits. Yeah, I, I think we've we've talked about this a little bit in you know Discord DMs and stuff, Dread. Um, the Wandering Spirits in general, like you said, is really close to like fitting into some existing like necrotic spell damage setups on Lich. Um, and you know, like you said, the channeling version definitely feels like the best feeling way to play it but standing still is bad and if you're not playing the channeling version the inconsistency of you know having spirits actually touch things or as perry said earlier having them spawn and then immediately despawn because your duration for spawning them is run out uh, makes it feel really inconsistent and not that good to use even if numerically it's like almost there I want to take this as a nice segue to uh, just just briefly touch on another historical, uh, not it's not a primary skill. I want to call it like a secondary skill, a proc that's been uh, nerfed in a similar way, a little bit in damage, but a lot of bit in uh, playability, smoothness, application rate. Can we talk real quick about the history of shadow daggers? <laughs> just just real yeah. quick, let's talk about shadow daggers. Well, let's uh what before we talk about it, I do want to note that before we talk about any of this, there is historical precedence from the dev streams about how what they what the devs want shadow daggers to be. The devs on well, at least Mike, when we asked him on the dev stream, right? He should he might be here in chat actually. Uh he said that he want he wants shadow daggers to be kind of like a added damage thing they don't want it to be your main damage like they don't want it to be shadow dagger shadow cascade they want it to be shadow cascade with shadow daggers as a plus so that's like why they've been nerfing it the way they have been but then they introduce stuff like umbral blades and then i'm confused yeah i i'm gonna say the i guess i i found that attitude really odd confusing kind of at odds with the way things have actually been implemented. Um, you know, having something like Shadow Daggers that is this massive, massive damage proc has insane damage scaling. Um, Auto crit. It's, yeah, it, it kind of, it feels like something that wants to be its own viable archetype. And if it were going to be like support damage or like a secondary effect that is supplemental, it feels like maybe they should hit the Shadow Dagger itself so that it can be that supplemental damage and not feel really bad when you try to focus a build on it. I don't know. The, is is there something else in Last Epoch that kind of fits that description? Like a like a secondary kind of toss it on the end? 
that's what the stuff like spreading uh spreading fire spreading flames and like uh plague is supposed to fill but they're they've kind of been power crept currently and they're not very usable shadow daggers is like the only one that's been like actually useful of late so that's why this is such a because like for instance like imagine if spreading flames was really strong and then people would be making spreading flames build does that make sense no uh, not really. I, I guess something that comes to mind might be like the flame burst on paladin right being able to build a flame burst or like proc based paladin build um you know that's this things that we've seen in the past maybe still exist i don't know i don't play paladin well, uh, i can but, speak for that. that that's something that i'm currently using in my uh in my build that i'm playing outside of this weekend tournament i'm playing just like an ignite paladin warpath and the flame burst it does some damage but the most important part is like it's another hit it happens every once in a while and then like applies another ignite for me yeah i think i think the flame burst from holy aura in that kind of case is a really good example of how supplemental damage can happen um you know things like uh was it aftershock so an earthquake which you can kind of build in through through the skill tree you can do like the damage over time totem thing you know you have options to to lean into that without making it the entire build uh i think shatter daggers should be more like that where it's a reliable but not massively impactful damage proc uh, i mean i I can kind of understand the want to have the identity of, oh, every so often you get this just massive crit number. That's kind of cool. But the, I guess the way the, the balance changes have been implemented, it doesn't really feel like they're addressing it in quite a way that keeps it feeling good to use. So, so before Umbral Blades, because Umbral Blades is a huge outlier to the Shadow Dagger conversation, what, what were the nerfs? over uh over time for shadow daggers because like they used to be super op and then they got nerf 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 and then number blades it's so, like what what were those nerfs looking like the the main thing that comes to mind for me is or i guess the first nerf that comes to mind is them changing the way shadow dagger effect worked um where it used to reduce the number of ailment stacks you needed to have to proc the shadow dagger hit and if you had really really insane exalted shadow daggers effect uh and shadow daggers affect idols you could get it down to like i think two maybe as low as one if you had really insane gear uh, and then they removed that entirely so it's only ever four now uh, and then from that point they started to hit the application chance in things like shadow cascade and yeah so at that it's, point it still did a tremendous amount of damage it's still scaled off of every stat. It's still scaled off of flat damage. It's still applied, you know, like leech and, and on hit ailments and shred and, and all those things. It just happened less often. So it, it, it kind of plays into like this clunkiness nerf, similar to Wandering Spirits, as opposed to just like hitting the damage, right? And yeah. Flame Burst, too. That's yeah, how they hit flame, flame That's actually a good segue for Flame Burst, too. Flame Burst, so Dread, you play. I I guess according to your uh, your YouTube here, every other build is a warpath build. Is that right? A few months ago, that was the case, <laughs> but not currently. But uh, speaking of flame burst, it so they pretty much touch flame burst the same exact way that they touch shadow dagger application rate. Pretty much, they made it so less 
ailment application rate applies to uh you know to the ailment that then procs at four stacks or whatever for i think it was like six i think yeah six stacks for flame burst and then it does the spell and that didn't kill the build like that didn't kill the build at all like with the shadow dagger build it didn't kill the build at all when they nerfed that they didn't change it. like you can still play shadow dagger cascade with just umbral blades now i guess like you can still do it the problem is it just feels terrible to play now like it feels way worse to play and it's like well i can still like do like 400 arena waves with this but like am i gonna enjoy myself no <laughs> you're like for shadow daggers like you can still push really high with shadow dagger like shadow cascade are you going to enjoy your time no you're just going to run around the arena and wait till the shadow daggers proc instead of just having the shadow daggers proc now i i, I should i should mention this is exactly how i plan on spending my weekend i'm going to play <laughs> that exact build and i'm going to run in circles it's gonna be great so we talked yeah. about a couple skills that were nerfed based on maybe let's not call it power level but maybe like application rate or playability or con maybe consistency is a word we can use let's let's move over to like instead of talking about a primary skill i want to talk about what do you think what do you like maybe offensive defensive items i've got my got my list of conversation topics here uh actually an interesting one i want to talk about uh so this is not a nerf in terms of power like it wasn't a very like it was still strong but it was not a very powerful build quote unquote if we're going to talk about like pure efficiency arena single target and stuff like that but it went against the developer's design philosophy and that's static orb with the orbit nodes they it was specifically listed that it was changed because it didn't fit their ideology of the skill because of course Blade Vortex, turns out it's really overpowered in the last epoch, because you just run through monoliths and kill everything. Especially when it's, like, the size of your screen, you know? Yeah. And this has actually been reinforced as well with the Swarm Strike changes as well, which were good changes, by the way. The Swarm Strike ones were really good. But for the Static Orb ones, uh, Perry, I know you have a bone to pick with this one specifically, so I'll let you uh, take the well, stand here. <laughs> so, so the static orb change, I'd, ha I'd have to pull up the uh, the mastery tree itself, or I guess the skill tree itself to know exactly what the change was. But the static orb, if you want to continue playing the orbit playstyle, you can no longer take the minus 22 mana cost. So the minus 22 mana cost comes with the downside of like not spawning the small orbs, which just destroys the entire build. So I, I think there's still some things that you can do with Orbit, but like so much of the power and maybe the fun and playability of it has been tossed out the window. So really with, with Static Orb and like the Orbit change where they put the power in the, uh, in the skill itself, the, the two things that I would say about it are one, it, it kind of killed the Orbit playstyle. You don't really see anyone playing it for good reason. Um, it, it wasn't the best playstyle. I guess it wasn't, it wasn't the strongest playstyle. Let's say that. It didn't have like the the biggest damage numbers. It couldn't kill monsters the fastest or anything. What it did is it spun up, you know, your static orb and you cleared content as fast as you could and just ran to the next echo. So it reinforced the strongest build being the strongest build. It limited the number of play styles that you have with static orb. And I, th I think this is a big one because it's on accident. I used to say that static orb was like my most, um, the most diverse skill you could build it like maybe five or six or seven different ways. 
And one of the most fun ways, which was not the strongest, is the one that got to the chopping block, which was the orbit. So you still have damage over time. You still have, you know, the, the, the mana crit builds. You still have like a bunch of small orbs. But, you know, even, even in making the change to the orbit playstyle, I've been told that it was intentional that they nerfed the yo-yo playstyle. <laughs> I, I don't believe this. I, I do not believe what I've been told that it was intentional that they ruined the yo-yo. Now, if you want to play yo-yo static orb, you need to path through the node that makes it like an 80% chance for your stuff for the small orbs not to spawn. Like, nobody played the yo-yo. It was fun. It was cool. It was different. It was like, you know, the, the ball goes out, the ball comes back. It's like a very visually distinct play style. It makes someone think to themselves like, oh, I've never seen static orb this way. This is kind of cool. Like, maybe it's less damage, but I could use it for these other things. And all of a sudden, just like... Just right out there, collateral damage. And nerfing nerfing static orb that way, I think I think they used a hammer instead of using like maybe <laughs> what's a better what's a better tool that isn't as blunt as a hammer? I a think pick? scalpel, perhaps. A scalpel? Sure, for sure. I think the problem with the nerf is it kind of just goes against everything we've seen so far with the game, specifically with how the skill system is supposed to make you want to play different versions of the skill but then then they're removed in that case in terms of the yo-yo specifically like for instance i was planning on playing a yo-yo version with frostbite because that made sense and it was cool and now i do not because it does not make sense anymore <laughs> but you you could still play the best static or build which is just well, yeah like the crit one or the mana one or the mana crit one or the it was very one. quickly replaced. Builds. It was very quickly replaced, the Orbit one. So the Orbit Static Orb, we can say, like, it was a nerf toward this one playstyle. They don't want you to, like, you know, numlock something or just spin something up and then run through half the Echo and then spin it up a second time. So we're kind of expecting things like Hammerden to be nerfed at some point. You know, Devouring Orb has been nerfed. We're going <laughs> to... I'm just, I'm just, like, moving on. Segwaying through all my <laughs> topics here. So Devouring Orb got a nerf because in the past, Devouring Orb was bugged in just about every single way that a skill could be bugged. There were <laughs> more multipliers that were supposed to be hit-based but weren't. There were more multipliers that were supposed to work for only one skill but not the subskill. So there was confusion between uh, skill and subskill. There's, there's even some ambiguity in Devouring Orb right now about whether Void Rift damage the hit base more damage for void rifts should even apply to abyssal orbs because it doesn't say it does, but it it, it does. It just I'm not sure whether it's supposed to or not. So that this whole bit, um, bunch of confusion about where the uh, the damage should be and where it actually is in devouring orb. And what they did with devouring orb is they took away screen clutter, which in in my opinion is a good change to make. But they also just like took away all the damage of the build. So the only thing <laughs> the only thing that uh. Devouring Orb has right now is like proc rate, which is kind of cool. But if it's a proc rate build, like maybe you want to use Devouring Orb for ailment application, except all the more damage multipliers are non-ailment based. They're only hit based. So it's kind of in a rough spot. Go ahead. One thing I'd like to mention before we start uh, talking about this specific thing. Last Epoch is a very special game in this sense where we're actually able to have these discussions about, you know, the developers actually talking to us about things because they have a very nice channel in their Discord called Ask the Devs, Not Bug Reports. And it has been one of 
I think the best like ways to develop the like help develop the game as we are able to help devs find bugs very quickly, find bugs, find problems. Uh, we're able to ask about game mechanics and stuff, right? All of these things are absolutely amazing, and they're absolutely amazing for that specifically. I just want to point that out. So when we're like shitting on certain things like the devouring <laughs> orb stuff, they they have been they are very good at communicating with us. Okay, that's, it's that's just, a great devouring orb is Thank a very you. confusing <laughs> skill. Yeah, I was gonna say you you mentioned they they nerfed it to address screen clutter, but didn't you play a devouring orb build recently that is like all about screen clutter? I think you and I both <laughs> played that build, and yes, we yeah. absolutely did. Well, it's because that build um uh, it's because that build wasn't as popular. That's part of it too. You're talking the, about the, the stationary devouring orbs, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Nobody like played that before. Down and nobody played that before the the nerf. That's part of it too. Mm -hmm. Man, <laughs> there's so many good topics that we have here. I feel like we could do like another hour just on Devouring Orb as well. Just to run these down, hey? So uh, Go ahead, Perry. <laughs> please don't get me started. <laughs> I want to uh, I want to highlight something else. So let, let's kind of shift gears. We talked about Poison Lich. We talked about Devouring Orb, maybe a little bit of um, Shadow Daggers and like how these things have been changed over time. Let's talk about maybe some defensive mechanics. We had like a pseudo defensive podcast recently we didn't quite get to it because sometimes the topics that we stumble upon in the podcast are just too good so right <laughs> now we're gonna briefly try to touch on one of these defensive mechanics i want to talk about something that's been nerfed and i, I kind of think it's in a good spot now but what about ward retention what about ward generation if you want me i can explain what happened Tell i was me, there please. i was there for it it was terrible. <laughs> So back in ye olden days, before resistances were a thing and we had protections, the game was in a struggle between either protections being OP or ward being OP. And every other patch would be what's busted, protections or ward, protections or ward. And then EHG, uh, much like what they did with protections, uh, and I, I commend them immensely for this, they're just like, Oh, you see that word retention number? Half. There you go. And that fixed the problem. There were no more good ward builds other than like some rip blood shenanigans that were quickly fixed. And what they did afterwards is the important thing. And I think this is the same case for Wandering Spirits in this, in this point as well, is... They're going by the philosophy of nerfing something really hard. Path of Exile does this too. They nerf something really hard to the point where it's unusable, like Ward was back in the day, and then just raise it back up till it's playable again. Like, for instance, the addition of something like Twisted Heart or Frostbite Shackles and all these added bases for Ward retention, all of these things culminated into Ward being actually playable again. Uh, you do. It is very unique, heavy, but it is playable again. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. There, there's, I think, a lot going against Ward still at the moment. Um, you know, not being able to use Endurance being the big one, uh, not being able to use Leech. Uh, I feel like there are only a small handful of builds that are generating enough Ward and generating it fast enough to really make it an attractive option 
Um, you know, I Leech is something that I think probably could be on the chopping block. Uh, it's a little bit ridiculous, I think, how strong Leech is and has been. Um, endurance, I really, really like. Maybe it's still too good. I I don't know. Um, but I it feels like the ward builds that are good are few and far between, you know? Yeah, um, they're especially, slowly coming back. Yeah, and especially things like Low Life Ward in particular, I think is still in a really rough spot. Not being able to make use of one of the most readily accessible forms of damage reduction, Endurance, kind of stinks. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not really sure how they could get Endurance to work well with Ward. I think it's, it's really awkward in terms of like Ward not having a max... Um, you know, does your endurance just apply if you're on low life in ward? Like, I'm I'm not sure how they could get it to work, or you know, if there should just be some equivalent somehow. Um, you know, some kind of extra damage reduction source specifically for ward might be an interesting solution. Um, something to you know fill up an extra suffix or blessing slot or something for dedicated ward builds might be interesting but uh yeah i i still feel like it's in a little bit of a rough spot just to due to how ridiculous the recovery rate of leeches compared to you know the levels of ward generation we have access to i think things like twisted hearts certainly compete like super well the idea of like you know generating you know, one two or even three thousand uh ward every couple seconds is, is awesome it's so so strong it's but it's really defense, strong, but ward is or, or leech is like a I guess leech has the benefit of not being like a discrete um like instance of you gain X at this interval. It's just the kind of smooth uh filling up of your HP. And if you do enough damage, it is effectively instant, but it also allows you to overcome damage over time effects in a way that is Kind of disgusting. Damage over time just like continues to be one of those things that's really hard to mitigate in the last epoch. You have yeah. an amulet base, and then there's <laughs> not much else beyond that. Oh, that that was that's uh you, we were talking about poison lich earlier. That was one of the things that I think was really really strong about poison lich is you got to utilize oh. the continuous leech of poison uh, you know dealing dot damage so you almost always had a bunch of leech instances stacked up and you're a lich so your leech just like never expires mm -hmm. uh, so not to derail the conversation are you that excited by twitch chat yes i am because <laughs> one of the developers have posted an idea they want like a unique ring your endurance applies to your first ward bar and what they're talking about is like the little bar like so for instance it would be your hp because I, the way the ward bar works is it scales off your hp so for instance if you have 1k life right and you have 5k ward you'd have five bars and if you have like 1k life and 1k ward you'd have one bar i believe that's the case right uh i honestly have no idea the 
real kind of ward builds that I have touched are zombies, and that one has so many ward bars that it's just like a black <laughs> bar above your HP. Um, the I, It's definitely an interesting, unique idea, but I think for me personally, what I would like to see is like an additional mechanic that can be on crafted item suffixes or like a blessing slot in the way that endurance is. Um, you know, whether that is endurance itself or, like I said, something unique for Ward. I feel like Ward is maybe like the HP-based Ward builds that are like gaining a percentage of their HP as Ward. Obviously, can fill their suffixes with health and, you know, cold resist for Frostbite Shackles or whatever. Mm -hmm. But having the ability to use their suffix slots for like another multiplicative EHP increase, I think would be interesting and feels like a niche that is missing at the moment honestly it kind of reminds me of like block chance suffixes like the hybrid on the uh, on rings and gloves or like not every build wants it but if you're in the market for it there it is like if you're playing a ward build like you could build more life you can build res you can build whatever but you also have access to like maybe maybe a sealed tier two uh ward endurance or whatever you call it yeah and i've actually had the I've actually have the experience now of playing with some ward builds that aren't just like the cheesy ward builds, like the Twisted Heart or you know the the relic, uh, not the, the the relic one, the the Vessel HP region one. Yeah, Vessel of Strife. Like not those, but like just ward, like just ward, like mana gain, like mana spent gained as ward. And the biggest problem with those builds was like you'd gain the ward. But then you'd instantly lose it because of the way the retention stuff works. So Ward is really good when you gain a very small amount of it at a time and you keep gaining it and keep gaining it. But then like big bursts of Ward, which is what Ward kind of needs to compete with Leech, like Arborist is saying, doesn't work right now because of Ward retention. And I think one of the biggest things that could fix all of this, I think Frostbite Shackles is very close to the ideology of how what I'm thinking. I think as a base... Like, your HP, like, how much HP you have should affect how much ward retention you have, too. Like, for instance, if you have, like, 500 life, right, you, you, you won't get that much ward retention. But if you have, like, 2,000 life, you'll have a lot more ward retention, right? Or they could make this be, like, the first bar of your ward, yada, 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 decays, like, however slower. And the more and more you get up, the, the you know, the the worse your ward retention gets. Mm -hmm. And I think that would fix a lot of the kind of ridiculous ward builds, like the zombie one where you're gaining so many bars, you can't even read them. And it would help builds like the twisted heart builds and the builds like the man gained his ward, stuff like that. It would make them viable because the problem is the with ward builds, it's either really busted or really bad because ward like gain, like gaining ward is either you gain a little bit of it at a time, a bunch, like Twisted Heart or Regen or whatever, or you gain a big chunk of it, which is the bad stuff. Like, all the stuff that gives you a bunch of ward at once is the bad stuff, because it just instantly gets eaten away by ward retention. So you don't even get to benefit from it. I want to point out, so we've been talking about, like, like some buffs and nerfs that we, that we do and don't like. So with ward that's been nerfed in the past, and we said, like, they're slowly adding some power back to these ward builds, just something as simple as the introduction of Frostbite Shackles really goes a long way in giving you more avenues to actually build up this stuff. Because it turns cold resistance, one of those suffixes that you could use for life, 
into a relevant defensive stat for like actually retaining your ward. But the yeah. problem with uniques as well is like we don't want like for instance what Arborist was saying earlier. Sorry for cutting you off, but uh, leech and endurance and all this this all works on rare gear. You don't need like a special unique to enable it, right? And I think that's part of the problem is that ward just doesn't work without those uniques, right? That's... Is that is that okay? Is ward supposed to be like a high budget thing that you work into? I mean. Personally, I, I think it would be cool to have ward builds that worked without uniques. Um, zombies, to an extent, is that way because it scales off of other stats, right? You can build minion life, you can build intelligence, um, you know, things like cast speed affect how much ward you're generating. Uh, Spellblade has that somewhat as well with some of their ways to gain ward, um, you know, like one hit or one skill use or. Uh, there was intelligence toward regen passive. Um, you know, there, there are certainly things out there that support ward builds without uniques, uh, but I do feel that the higher end of ward builds is a little bit too dependent on them in a way that HP-based builds are not. And I don't know if I like that that much. Um, I mean, I guess with, with legendaries to an extent, it is mitigated because you can customize those ward uniques now. Uh, but in the past, I think it was a really big negative against, you know, ward builds was that you had to use a bunch of unique slots and you were missing out on the potential stats on those, those pieces. I want to bring up one more topic for ward before we move on to something else. So I mentioned that you know we had we had ward nerfed over time and then kind of brought back with a couple of new unique items. We actually have a new unique, or I guess it's not even a unique item. We have a new offhand catalyst that's been introduced to the game. So normally in the past, catalyst had you know barely usable, barely usable, barely usable, barely usable six base crit. And then everybody, if you were using an offhand catalyst, you were using the one that gave you six base crit. So the offhands weren't too interesting. If you weren't using crit, you're probably just using a shield or maybe even a staff instead of that. So with the offhand catalyst rework, there's not too much spice there, but there is something that's, it's got big enough notables or big enough uh, numbers on it that it made all of our heads spin a little bit. So I guess Dread, you're one of the only people I know who's been using this offhand. It's, I, I think it's called the opulent focus. I think Twitch yeah, chat has helped me out with this. the opulent focus. So this is a good example of how ward could go in the future is by making it implicit based so currently uh most hp builds they want really good implicit resistance items because they want to put hp on all their suffixes while ward seems to be going the opposite direction where they want really good ward implicits and they want to ignore their like suffixes other than resistances and i i like that the opulent focus is a very, very strong start to that. It is by far one of the strongest pieces of ward, like in general. The problem is it's still outshined by shields, not because not because it's bad or anything, but just shields are better in those kind of builds, like in spellblade specifically. And it's like, or you could be just be using a staff or deal more damage, or you could be, you know, using what like the base crit as well like there's there's a lot of other ways mm -hmm. you could be using your offhand right now is, is this is this like a like a bastion is too strong conversation is this a 
like the block effect formula for damage mitigation is is that too oh. strong is that what's outshining this bastion uh, in my opinion definitely too strong uh yeah you know which is by the way i'm i'm getting very good at this i'm just like segueing so well let's talk <laughs> about bastion we talked about a couple oh, yeah, skills yeah, that we didn't like how they were nerfed. Maybe some extra unique items that have been introduced to the game. I want to talk about good nerfs. What about what about like a change gets implemented in the game and it's like, wow, they really just did this perfect. It didn't have to be complicated. They took Bastion of Honor and they took out the line of text that says less damage taken from nearby enemies. I love this nerf. I think it's so good. Uh, I completely I... agree. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think it's a good nerf. I think Bastion could probably still use a little bit more, like, something. Because I feel like it is still, like, the shield, right? Like, if you're, if you're going to use a shield, why would you not use a Bastion in almost every case? Arborous, if you wanted to get nerfed, why don't you just use it another time and we could showcase it on a video. Just call it <laughs> the Bastion Dill and we'll make sure it will get nerfed. See, the problem is, the builds I've been playing recently, they could use Bastion, but I like to see the big damage number, so I'm not using the Bastion. <laughs> Though, it is, you know, if you're trying to stay alive, I don't think there's any other item that is better than it, right, to put in your offhand. Yeah, exactly what Amarathi said in the Twitch chat, by the way. Less block effectiveness is how I think Bastion should probably be nerfed. Or, not an overkill one. Not like 50%. Yeah. More like or, 20%. So, 20% so I, I want to so, so, Something so, else could oh, yeah, be go ahead, go ahead. putting it on a, a worse base, because I feel like it's a really good unique effect on what is also a pretty good shield base. Putting it on a, a base that has less block effect could mitigate some of the issue and not not the, the word not base. the word less block effectiveness but just like a smaller number as the implicit yeah so we talked about this in the past this is like if you put on a like a like a well-rolled implicit uh bastion of honor and then you also go get like 750 or 800 block effectiveness from your empowered hay rot blessing you already have like 40 percent damage reduction it's very low investment and super high return it's like I I still want Bastion to be something that encourages you to like put block effect as the as the like as the uh, legendary modifier or maybe even build block effect on your rings or gloves. So I have an idea. Go on. I know what they could do. Just swap the base between Soul Bastion and Bastion of Honor. Oh my god. <laughs> Perfect. Easy game. So does that mean I'm going to use Soul Bastion someday? Maybe. No, that's that's the thing. Maybe that would be amazing. <laughs> I I I kind of feel myself not worrying about farming up a a, a bastion of honor for like you know I, I play in these weekend tournaments. I'm currently playing a rogue. I'm planning on using a shield in my build, and like you know if I if I use a exalted block chance um iron glass shield instead of a bastion of honor, I'm really not going to be too disappointed by it. Like I get extra block chance at range. Oftentimes I die at range anyways. Honestly, when I'm using a Bastion, I die all the time to um, to Ember Mages summoning meteors at me <laughs> from slightly outside of my range of Bastion of Honor. So, like, you know, I, I kind of want to use an Iron Glass Shield anyways. So it's Ember Mages that need nerfing. Okay. Absolutely. They <laughs> no, they're good. I, I think they're in a good spot. So we talked about Bastion. Uh, we, we are in patch 085. 
So I guess we're currently in patch 085C, waiting for D. And there's a uh, an extremely notable unique item that is very chase, very hard to get. If you uh, if you want one LP on it, you're going to need to farm for multiple lifetimes. Well, maybe not anymore since the change. Let's talk about uh, Ravenous Void. How is this item dealing? Uh, I mean, honestly, I feel like it is... It's definitely in a better spot than it was, but I also, at least personally, haven't really been playing builds that are wanting or able to make use of it, I guess. It feels like for at least the content that I am preferring to do at the moment that feels rewarding to do, uh, it feels a little bit overkill. Um, you know, like using it for arena, I could see, but if all you're wanting to do is, you know, farm T4 dungeons, do, you know, 200, 300 corruption, farm some LP uniques or blessings or whatever, you you really just don't need that level of defense. So currently, I guess, so in, in the past, Ravenous Void were giving 25, was that it? Yeah. Was it, was, is this 25% yeah. less damage taken for all uh, all damage types? No, it's 15%. Yeah. yeah. For, for just one day, it was a lot of mitigation against <laughs> only Void and Physical. And there were some interesting lines of text that went along with that. But then since then, it's been rebuffed, I suppose. So basically, Ravenous Void used to be 25, and now it's 15 less damage taken against all damage types. It's still a super strong defensive layer. You don't really have much competition for it if you're looking for defense. I think Ravenous Void is in a lot more healthy spot than Bastion, not because of its lines of text, but because of what slot it's in. Like, for instance, Bastion of Honor, the reason why it's so overpowered is because... Other than like a really good exalted shield, like there isn't that much that actually competes with it. Like we were talking about the opulent focus. The opulent focus is on a way less tier. Like like Ravis Void is on a way higher. Like I mean, Bastion of Honor is on a way higher tier of power than like an opulent focus for for reference. Even even with an, like an exalted sealed like insanely powerful like opulent focus, right? Like the best of the best. It's still better than like a base bastion and the reason why ravenous void i think is in a very healthy spot as arborist is mentioning right now is it competes with one of i think the coveted spots of like of the game like for instance i'm just going to scroll down the unique list here we got for reference we got wing guards that's a very strong pair of gloves that a lot of different builds use and it would definitely use over a bastion in most situations a uh, Loraka's Claws, it's another good pair of gloves that gets used over, uh, you know, Ravenous Void. Madeline's Hubris, we're not going to talk about that one. Uh, Raven's Rise is a very strong one as well. Salt the Wound, Atrophy, Frostbite Shackles, heck, even Jirla's Obsession. Sacrificial, no, just kidding. And like, <laughs> uh, like, that's the difference, is... When we talk about overpowered, things are strong and all that, it always needs context. And that's why Ravenous Void now, in its current state, is fine. Before, it was kind of OP, but it was supposed to be, because it was like your chase item. And now it's kind of like, eh, I can see myself dropping these for something else. And, you know, if that's healthy, that's healthy, right? And that's why it is healthy versus like a Bastion, for instance, is because yeah, it's just so different. 
you're, you're mentioning something that I feel like I talk about all the time, which is just opportunity cost. I think one of the big things that Bastion has going against it, like, you know, this thing is still too strong. Okay, maybe maybe Bastion's not too strong. Maybe it just doesn't have enough of an opportunity cost. Like, what are you giving up for it? If you're a spell crit build, you're giving up six base crit, which is kind of a lot, unless you're playing something like Smite that has 10 base crit in the skill tree itself. But, you know, doubling your base crit from five to, you know, 10 or even 11 is a really strong thing for a spell build. But if you're not playing a crit spell build, or if you don't need help with that base crit, what are you going to do? <laughs> you're going to like, you're going to use a two-hander, or you're going to use a Bastion. ELDR rare implicit gloves suck right now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, rare rare gloves are fine, I guess. I think they're in a good spot. Yeah, I think I think rare gloves are o- approximately okay. Uh, you know, there are plenty of times where I could see myself using rare gloves. Uh, there are a lot of great unique gloves too. You know, like you said, there's a lot of competition for Ravenous Void. Uh, and yeah, I, there's not competition for Bastion. And as Perry said, the opportunity cost is not there, you know, for your shield slot and maybe a blessing, you are getting 40 to 50% damage reduction, which is really, really hard to match. I wonder if we just like need more catalysts. So well, during, mean, during the yeah. catalyst chain, they said like, oh, like this is the big catalyst rework. They said, they used the word overhaul for it. And like, honestly, like I'm, I'm kind of unimpressed by it. We have the new cast speed, low level base. They give you eight cast speed. Like, what else is there? I mean, to be fair, I really do think that Fleshbound Tome is really strong. It's just, I haven't played a Necromancer in forever, so I haven't been able to showcase how strong it is, but I'll, I'll leave that for another day. Would, yeah, uh, would, would, a, would a minion build want to use the Fleshbound Tome instead of either a staff or just a shield? Zombies. Mainly zombies. Yeah, it has minion life on it, doesn't zombies. it? Yeah. Yep. It is Up very good for 66% minion life. A lot of minion and life. 16 intelligence, which gives your zombies base life. Yep. The uh, You're talking about other offhands. The Dragon Eye certainly seems like an appealing one if you do not need that base crit. That, um, that's spell crit multi, isn't it? Yeah, up to 40 spell crit multi. I wonder why it's not just crit multi. Would I that be too good? That would be an interesting option. Um, but then it would be the go-to for like throwing attack builds that didn't want to take 15% increased damage. What? But then they're giving up using a shield. I kind of like that. Well, yeah. Oh. I mean, the thing I is as well, I think the problem with the catalyst stuff isn't the actual catalyst themselves. I think... I think the implicits are amazing now. It's just, what do you even put on a catalyst? Like, <laughs> like spell crit, crit multi, resistances, you know? Like, what, what do you actually put on a catalyst that, like, benefits I mean, you in the long term versus, there, like, a bastion, you know? There, there are definitely a few catalysts that I think are maybe a bit boring or redundant. Yeah. Um, you know, like, the Divine Instrument base is a level 62 base. I don't know if there really needs to be this like intermediate between you know the other base crit offhands to that extent mm-hmm. yeah like i really like astrolabe i really i mean chronolabe i mean chronolabe i like the idea of the mana gain spent as ward but like i said earlier it's just ruined by the ward system in general maybe yeah. maybe it needs a few more uh, a few more touches there for some extra love the that, I yeah. guess that's another thing too is like you know Astrolabe, Chronolabe, 
basically the same kind of redundant thing. I think it would be more interesting if there was a bit more variety. Um, you know, there does, like there's not any directly ailment related offhand. Um, you know, I feel like there's not a whole lot of the cast speed ones are fine, I guess, but you know, there's not a whole lot to incentivize an ailment build to want to use a catalyst at the moment other mm -hmm. than cast speed. I really like the idea of like what we were talking about before with uh catalysts was the fact that like we could have like so like we have the chronolabe which gives like 18% increased mana regen, but I really like the idea of having a base mana regen catalyst because like that would be used in so many different builds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Flat, like, flat mana regen on a catalyst would be massive. Uh-huh. Base mana regeneration is something that comes up in conversation every once in a while. Not even specifically in regard to like shaman or druid. I just want some base mana regen. Something that rewards me for wanting to also build percent increase mana regen. It is kind of a can of worms though as well, because like part of the problem is they've balanced the mana how they have specifically for how much base mana we have. So if they increase that amount, but I really do think if they don't go overboard with it, like you go from like, Oh, let's say like 20 mana regen with the same investment to like 25 to 30. I don't think it would break the game. Yeah. I, I could see, you know, like even two to three flat mana regen on an offhand would be, I think a, a huge deal for a lot of builds that are trying to use more expensive skills and, can't do something really cheaty and cheesy with mana <laughs> and don't need the base crit yeah i, I like so, i like i like the opportunity cost i like this like maelstrom would be a really good one i i want to i want to bring the conversation toward one more topic for the podcast today so we've talked about some historical uh things that have happened in the past we talked about some new unique items and like some new bases that have happened right now i want to touch just a little bit on what kinds of things we might want to see in the future. Are there items or skills or even maybe like maybe a skill that like is available to a to an off mastery that should be moved past the halfway mark, like maybe entangling root style? What are there kinds of buffs and nerfs that you want to see change right now? So not as a skill per se, but as a passive. I've mentioned to you to this before and I'm very big like supporter of this is moving the extra 15% DR from aspect of the poor to above Beastmaster. Sadly, it is another shaman nerf. I know everyone cry, <laughs> but I think it would be healthy because there are a lot of builds in Druid. I'm sure EHG knows this because they, they look at this stuff. There are a lot of builds that use aspect of the poor, <laughs> a very, like almost all of them. The only builds that don't use aspect of the boar are like Spriggan form. I'm like, oh, wait, you mean the, the, the transformation that doesn't get used as often as the other two? I wonder why. Mm. It's like as if it doesn't have access to Aspect of the Boar or something. So mm. if, if you're not, you know, if you're not using Aspect of the Boar, maybe you're still taking, God, what's, what's the first eight-pointer called at the beginning of the Beastmaster tree? It's the nearby damage reduction. It's like Ursine Strength. Strength. It gives you 16%. Strength, Is that it? yeah. All right, yeah. so Ursine Strength, putting eight points into Beastmaster, even if you're playing a Druid, even if you're playing a Shaman, that sounds great to me. I love it. But spending 20 or 25 points just trying to get some extra defenses? Like, okay, I guess you don't need to take the defensive buff. But you need to take the defensive buff. So well, the problem is, it's like every other build is going to take it. So if you don't take it, your build is just objectively worse than all the other ones because of that. 
Yeah, that's that's something that I have always felt like on Primalist, I really like that it has aspect of the boar. It's really nice to be really, really tanky, but it feels like there is a 20 to 25 point tax on every build because you have to get aspect of the boar. Uh, I think every build should probably get Berserker in the base Primalist tree. You know, there's a bunch of kind of defensive things that just feel a bit too generic and accessible to everyone in a way that makes everyone want them and then feel like a point tax. Mm-hmm. And this uh, this was exa- exacerbated by the introduction of hide skin and impervious. <laughs> well, yeah, I, hide skin I mean, is impossible to pick up these days. Yeah, hide skin is something that I look at and I'm like, man, I want this, but how do I get the points for it? I want damage, get, dang and it. <laughs> impervious is something that I have never felt like I've been able to fit into a build cleanly. Like everything that I've wanted to play on Druid always feels like that last row of the passive tree is like just almost inaccessible. Like, why would you ever grab the companion spell damage thing? Like, how how would you ever justify that? <laughs> I, I I tried to grab it because I was doing a, like, a Spriggan Vine Bear build when the Druid yeah. rework first came out. And it's great. You know, who doesn't want 40 companion spell damage for their giga-buffed Spriggan? Uh, but then you realize you're a minion Wait. build with, yeah. you know, not that many ways to sustain yourself. And you're like, man, I really wish I could take hide skin so I didn't, you know, feel as squishy. You're also playing with Spriggan, and Spriggan is using base uh, Spirit Thorns as well, which gets the added damage effectiveness of 60%, and you realize that that 40 actually isn't 40, and you're just kind of sad. Yeah. Okay, okay. Poor Spriggan. So we got we got one answer from, uh, from Dread so far. Arborist, I'm totally going to put you on the spot. How about something, maybe a skill, maybe a mastery, maybe an item, that you think Maybe maybe deserves a little bit of buff, or maybe even a little bit of a nerf. Mm, I mean, things that deserve a nerf, there are too many to list. I feel like you know, Bastion, Poison, uh, Leech. You know, mechanics that could use nerfs for sure. As far as things that could use buffs, um, I mean, uh, most of the things that I'm thinking of would probably be numeric buffs, but. I'm I'm more concerned with like gameplay feel in terms of changes at the moment. Uh, you know, things like wandering spirits. I would really like to see something done about the spirits fading at the end of the uh, you know, summoning duration. Um, things like flurry, I think could use another pass. The bug fix to the attack speed, I think has left that skill in a really weird feeling spot. Um it's as certainly a question, more balanced, but it does not feel quite as uh, responsive, snappy, as I think I would like it to be. Okay. As a question, Arborist, would you ever play Crit Flurry now after the changes? Uh, I was uh, honestly, with the like Poison Flurry nerf in mind, there were quite a few kind of Crit Flurry builds that I had tested out, you know, had characters, you know, was trying to get some gear for, and after the change to the attack speed, I really just don't <laughs> feel like doing it anymore. Um, the skill just does not feel that good to play at the moment, uh, and not even just damage wise, because I don't crit da- crit flurry. I don't think would be quite the level of damage I would want for the investment, but just the gameplay feel of flurry now being 
a lot slower to hit. Uh, it's just not very satisfying. I, I like I like the call out there. Just not, not even not even complaining too much about the damage, but just what it feels like to play. Like it's a video game. We're supposed to have fun with this. Does it feel snappy? Does it feel responsive? Does it feel like something that I want to, you know, turn on a stream, turn on Netflix, and just blast some echoes with? Yeah, I, personally, that's really the thing that I look for in builds. You know, obviously, huge single target damage is great, but it needs to have that kind of base level of does this feel good to play? Um, and on, there are a lot of skills that I think aren't quite there at the moment, but you know, luckily the game is in development. They're taking feedback. I'm sure we'll get there eventually. A good example of like a nerf slash buff, whatever that uh, changed a skill to the point where it felt good to play that I really like was the swarm strike changes after the bug fix that fixed it. Cause now swarm strike how it feels now. And it's like, sure. It feels clunky to play, but it feels worth the investment, right? Like you you spend all this time making the swarm strike thing, like the locust swarm, but it does damage. And I think that's a good example of how there are some skills in the game that feel clunky on purpose, as like that's the point that they feel worse to play, but they should deal way more damage than they do. Like for instance, Infernal Shade is a very good example of a skill that would be amazing to play if it just did damage, right? Just a little bit more than it does right now. Maybe not yeah. just one ignite per second, low base damage, etc. Yeah. So I I want to offer up my my answer to my own question, I suppose. So my question was like, what's what's something like we kind of want to see maybe like buffed or maybe nerfed a little bit. So I want to talk about ignite for just a moment here because uh, in God, what patch was it? I think it was 085C, my favorite hotfix of all time. They introduced a buff for fiery dragon boots. And I'm just going to keep talking about this because I think these boots, I think they're so good. <laughs> so Fiery Dragon Boots, in case you don't know, they were amended to say, you know, increased chance to receive a crit, but it's up to 85% less bonus damage taken from critical strikes, which means instead of it, when you get crit, instead of being like a huge spike in damage, it's a small little bump in damage. And it's really not that big a deal, especially if you combine it with maybe a little bit of crit avoid, maybe a little bit of blind, because blind puts in a, a crit chance penalty on the enemy. And like having some extra um, reduced bonus damage taken from critical strikes on a two-hander, for example, is a great way of just mitigating crits altogether and not worrying about crit avoidance. So it allows you to, you know, do up or like do other things with your blessings and your suffixes and what kind of gear you're looking for. So with that said, I love what Fire Dragon Boots are doing. I'm glad they got the buff. I want to see a little bit of a buff for Ignite. That's what I would like to see. I don't know if it needs to be a damage buff or like a utility or a secondary effect like Poison has, but uh, with with Ignite, I was asking Twitch chat when I was streaming, I was like, hey, like, what's, what's the best Ignite build out there? Like, let's go do something with Ignite here. And every Ignite build that people recommended to me was just a worse version of a crit build or a worse version of a poison build or a worse version of like a frostbite build. And I don't know about you two, but for me, I have a really hard time playing a worse version of something else. It, it just like, it really eats away at me. So if there's something distinct going on, there's something special, like there's this, this one little piece of synergy, like we get to do this because we're Ignite and we get to gear this different way. All of a sudden, I'm totally on board. So right now I'm playing an Ignite Warpath character and like, it feels great. It feels totally good. We could play it as a Forge Guard. I'm playing it right now as a Paladin. I'm using that Holy Aura Flame Burst proc and I like it a lot. But I wish that there were other Ignite builds out there 
that felt like felt, that. That that felt like I wasn't getting punished just because I want to play Ignite. So that that's the buff I want to see. Actually, while you're on that topic, we should sure, actually bring this up. Is uh, how uh, we were talking about this earlier as well, and like, sure, it may not be something that's good or whatever, but it is in their ideology of the game, kind of like the static orb change. It's the same thing with like the ignite stuff. Like you, you remember that Perry? What we were talking about? How like what the devs want ignite to be versus like what it is now. Do you do you mean secondary damage to be scaled along with your initial hit? Yeah, well, how, well, remember the, the clause about how, like, oh, the reason why Ignite is the way it is, because you can scale your initial hit and your secondary hit, like the Ignite, at the same time with fire damage. And as, let's, as uh, let's as, bring as, up the point of why that isn't the case. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's uh, let, let's talk about this for, like, maybe just a minute. I, I'd like to wrap yeah. things up, but I think this is an important thing to talk about, because... Hey, listen, I, I have a bad habit of making fun of things. It's just how I deal with the world around me. So let's make fun of Ignite for a second. So <laughs> so I've, I've read, I've heard responses from developers saying that the reason that poison is stronger than these other ailments is that the other ailments get to scale hit damage and poison by design. There is no hit based poison in all of Last Epoch. Which, which is to say, things like poison damage taken from uh, taken as physical from hits, is laughably useless. Which is kind of an aside. So in any case, if you take if you take a look at the detonating arrow skill tree, which is the signature skill for marksman, there is a there's a conversion to ignite, there's a conversion to like cold, which gives you chill chance, and there's a conversion to poison. So if you convert to poison, you get a hit damage penalty, but you also get two hundred percent chance to poison on hit, just for free, just for clicking on that one node. When it comes to converting to ignite, you don't. You don't. You don't get two hundred percent chance to ignite for free for clicking on that node. And the justification that that uh, that last epoch gives for that, that EHG, the devs give for that, is that if you're playing an ignite build, you get to scale the hit damage, which is fire, and the ailment damage, which is fire, at the same time by using the word fire damage. So the issue with this is one of the biggest reasons to play an ignite build is you get to use the affix elemental damage over time because that affix is huge and it's so big, but it doesn't apply to hit damage. If you wanted to scale the hit damage and the, uh, the fire damage, I guess, and the, and the ignite, you'd have to build fire damage. You couldn't go to spell because it's not a spell because spell wouldn't apply to the ignite even if it were a spell. You could build like the corresponding attribute, like dexterity would scale 4% for each. Or you could scale with the worst modifier that there is in the game, percent increase elemental damage. Because for some reason that rolls lower than every other type of damage that you can put on your gear. It's just a smaller numerical value. And I, I think the answer for this, I, I, I think what the devs intend is Singularity, the new idol that was introduced to the game, giving you more hit damage. I, I think the intent of Singularity is to use it in bleed builds where your hit damage is fizz and your ailment is fizz or elemental ailment builds where like your hit damage is fire and your ailment is fire. I, I think that might've been some of the design choices behind singularity. Again, we could have a whole podcast talking about singularity. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea of it. I want elemental overload to exist in last epoch, but I think, I think singularity misses the mark. Yeah, I if mean, it just I, had I, double the amount, it would be play, it would be usable, yeah. I think. 
I was going to say, you were talking about how Ignite is punished for being able to scale, hit, and dot at the same time, but it doesn't really feel like Bleed has that issue, does it? Like, it's in the same boat, but Bleed feels fine, right? You don't need to scale the initial hit of Bleed because Bleed just does enough damage anyways. Yeah, I mean, the the difference isn't that big either. Like, I think the, the difference in DPS is like one or two base DPS per second or something, but... Bleed feels fine without also trying to scale the initial hit, right? Is or it, it doesn't is it the, seem is as it the skills? Is it the skills that make Bleed feel better than Ignite? Fireball's Possibly. a good skill. Fireball's a good skill, and it just it, feels worse than crit. It could also be that Bleed has, at least it feels like Bleed, has a lot of uh, passive and like built-in skill sources of Bleed chance, you know? If you look at something like the Paladin tree or the Forge Guard tree, there's a lot of bleed chance that isn't tied to wearing a, a unique, whereas Ignite chance seems a lot more tied to uniques as far as ways to get it. And of course, as well, uh, the build that you're playing right now, the Ignite Warpath, the reason why that feels so good with Ignite is because it is like one of the only skills in the entire game that actually has any amount of a support for Ignite. Like, for instance... You don't have to like run in, a in the skill hubers. tree itself, you mean? You don't, yeah, you don't have to run a maintenance hubers. Warpath does that for you. You don't. You technically don't have to wear fire dragon shoes because you get war, ignite effect, but you want to anyways. Like that's like what Arbus is getting at. Well, like bleed has support everywhere. Well, ignite just doesn't have support outside of mage, and the mage support is kind of like the only thing you get is duration, and and it's like. Ignite's definitely one of the least, like, outs, like, for the three main ailments, it is one of the least, like, supported archetypes. Even Frostbite has more support than it now. Even Frostbite has more support than Ignite in terms of skills and passives and stuff. There are nodes, like, in Frost, a uh, Swarm Blade that, like, turn all your poison and yada, yada, yada to, uh, to Frostbite chance. All that kind of stuff. There is way more of that right now than there is Ignite stuff. And there's, like, when we talk about like a frostbite build or whatever, or a poison or a bleed build, we can talk about multiple different masteries because they have support everywhere for that. But if we talk about ignite, I can think of like two builds: ignite fireball and ignite warpath. That's all I can think of in the top of my head, and maybe like ignite hungering souls if you're a masochist. <laughs> I'd do it. So this this is a great way to tie everything together. This is this is the 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 crowning statement for the podcast why i personally don't want to play fireball it comes back to clunkiness i've played <laughs> sequence fireball before you shoot a bunch of fireballs they swirl around they do stuff the cast speed feels terrible i don't I mean, want they to did play that on that purpose game. uh the build looks sweet it's, it's visually interesting it's got explosions it's got fireballs it looks so cool i don't want to play that though they made that change on purpose that's the funny uh, part come on just let me let me play my video game and have fun <laughs> So I think I think with that we're a little bit over an hour here, but I think you know this is a, this is the perfect time for a uh, for a podcast and for a discussion of this scope. There's a lot of things that we touched on. If you there in Twitch chat or even people that are listening on Spotify or YouTube later on, if you got things that you want to see changed in the game or maybe some historical context that you could add to the buffs and nerfs that we talked about here in that podcast, you can always drop by Twitch. You can drop by my Twitch or Dred's Twitch, which is on the screen tv slash epoch builds underscore yt or you can visit either of our youtube channels as well so that's a great place to be so with that said this is a uh, epic epoch episode three we've been talking about buffs and nerfs with arborist arborist thank you so much for being here 
Yep. Thanks for having me. And then for all of us here at Epic Epoch, have a good night.